0: On this Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, where can the Houston Texans get better? And what are you looking forward to after the bye? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Texans fan, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to all of our new listeners. Make sure that you subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And to our returning listeners, thank you for lending your ear for another episode. Dave, I'm your Texans football analyst, one who has caught a lot of slander this week. Some (laughs) rightfully so, Hickman, right, you know, rightfully so or unrightfully so. But as always, I'm joined by the man with the planned eyes around the Houston Texans building, your Texans credential media member and sports illustrator's own Cody Davis. Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by none other than Prize Picks, one of my favorite apps. Uh, listen. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. Uh, How aggressive should Nick Casario be uh, heading into the trade deadline, which is in 13 days, Cody, am I right? Two Uh, weeks, basically. 12 now, a little, little under two weeks now okay well, around two weeks. Uh, what are you looking forward to after the bye, which is this week where Houston had an opportunity to rest players, get healthier, but more importantly, like D'Amico Ryan said, take time away, be with your family, go do the things that actually matter in life. Before we uh, talk about that, let's get started with where can the Texans get better?
1: Well, I think the Texans can actually get better at getting after the quarterback but not only that just completing sacks in general and John this was brought to my attention on Monday when Coach D'Amico Rhimes was asked about the defense's performance and he said you know even though he loved how well the defense played he wished, he do wish that the Texans actually did a better job at completing sacks because when you go back and you take a look at Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints was by the way Texans fans I know a lot of us was watching that game uh I I apologize the the Saints might be one of the most disappointing teams in the league this year because that was a game that the Texans needed oh go ahead John or
0: or you can look at it like this and this is for I'm advocating for the Texans fans out there before we move forward maybe the Houston Texans just broke them I wouldn't necessarily say broken because broke. it was already They're that broken. wouldn't necessarily
1: say broken because they was already having issues before the game against the uh Houston Texans, which by the way, I do understand that they won, what was it like 34, nothing, no, no disrespect to New England. But prior to that, there was already issues. But when going back to Sunday's game against the Saints, they got after, they created 23 pressures on Derek Carr. And guess how many sacks they came away with? two, Jonathan Gennard and Malik Collins, and even when you go back and you take a look at how well Will Anderson played, I think that was Will Anderson's best game, getting after the quarterback. He created, I can't remember the number, but somewhere in the ballpark of like six to seven pressures he accounted for, and He didn't come away with a sack. He came close. He got like two or three quarterback hits, but he did not record a sack. And that's just for that game alone. When you look at the first six games of the season as a whole, they have recorded 49 pressures, which is, I believe, 14th in the league, 22 quarterback hits, and guess how many sacks they have recorded for the entire season? I think five. No, nine. (laughs)
0: So, Led by John Grenard, I believe.
1: Yeah, led by John Grenard. And this also goes into why I was excited about the signing of Maje Sanders, because I think if you get him a guy that's really good at rushing a passer, maybe that can be a guy that's actually going to create even more opportunities for, if not himself, but for other teammates on that defensive front to go out there and actually execute the sack. So that is my big where can the Texans get better at? going into the second half of this season.
0: I think for me, where I think Houston can get better at right now is just expanding the playbook and uh, getting continuing being creative. And this is mm-hmm. directly for Bobby Slork. Now, um, that comes with the territory of, you know, making sure that you have adequate amount of snaps for both of your running backs, right? Uh, we saw when Houston went up against the Atlanta Falcons, Uh, Damian Pierce came out of that game with 20 carries, but Devin Singletary had zero the following game. They kind of basically split split carries, and Mm -hmm. Houston went out there and was able to rush for over 100 yards on a day, 120. And you saw at times, specifically in the first half, where that offense was kind of moving the ball, explosive, and they had more of a wide range of their playbook. You also saw Xavier Hutchison, a player who I think that little Mm -hmm. role for him, getting him involved on the field, whether it be by run or maybe mixing it up by giving him the ball through the air. That little role for Xavier Hutchinson kind of expanded on that, but you saw Houston be able to kind of deep dive into their playbook. And I think for Houston right now, you know, offensively, you're going to be led by your quarterback in that passing attack. One of the best in the NFL, top 10 offense in terms of passing hmm. yards. Top um, 10
1: offense, law, have mercy. the first time we've said that
0: <laughs> since Sean Watson's <laughs> last year. And they won four games that year. I think Houston has an opportunity to not only eclipse but surpass that four-game mark. In order to do so, Mm -hmm. Bobby Slott, you know, he went on a two-game run back when they beat the Jags and that second game versus the Steelers where Houston put up 30 points back to back. But that offense was fluid those two games. Kind of went stale a little bit against the Atlanta Falcons throughout the game, but it wasn't a full game of – the the ball moving, the play calling, and back-to-back games. We saw it in the first half against the uh, New Orleans Saints. That offense was moving a little bit better. The second half, you saw Houston get a little bit stale on offense. So moving forward, not only am I looking for you to open your playbook consistently, but also have a consistent four quarters worth of play calling. And I think it's there because we've seen it. um, In order for Houston to have an opportunity to make a run, it's going to come down to how can T.J. carry you? I know that sucks because he's a rookie quarterback. We're placing a lot on him. Um, but with the offense opening up, guys, you know, I, I've been criticized throughout the entire week, but we are going to have to see a better run effort on the ground. There's no That's doubt about it. Doubt. There's no doubt about it. We're going to have to see more guys involved. We know that Nico is a top dog offensively in terms of receiver. And after that, we can look at Tank Dell, And I think the pick of order goes Tank Dell, Robert Woods. But – Darum Shaw's got to continually get involved, which he has been in the last couple of games, three touchdowns to two games. Um, and the rest of the guys, I would like to see more of John Mechie. Just putting all of your players out on the field that can help you in different situations in order to keep those the ball moving, keep the drive moving, uh, continue to convert on those third down, and hopefully get into the red zone where Houston has been fairly good this year in scoring points. <laughs> Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, they got a deal for all new customers. Come here, let me tell you what it is. You get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. Five dollars, two hundred. Five dollars, two hundred. You're coming out on top. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. Five dollars, two hundred. Five dollars, two. Y'all get the point. This app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including. Spreads, player props, over unders, and much more. So, listen to that phone, visit FanDuel.com locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel is the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back here in, locked on Texans, listeners and viewers. Uh, to all of our new listeners, thank you for lending your ear for the first time. And to our returning listeners, I'm sending you hugs on this Good Friday. What are we looking forward to after the bye? Cody, I'm going to keep it simple. Because there's one man who stood in the face of fire (laughs) throughout the entire offseason. We was doing Locked On AFC South episodes, and I I was taking trips to other podcasts, and I was on this podcast. In the face of dangers and naysayers, there was one man who said, I believe when I look at this division, yeah, this true. team, I give you that, <laughs> a playoff pusher. If you ask me, what am I looking forward to after the buy an early buy for Houston? The Jags won on Thursday night, so that puts them at five and two, I believe. Five and yeah, five and two. Houston can come back; they can beat the Carolina Panthers. And what I am looking forward to after that is for Houston to make a playoff push. Now, don't sound real to say that right now. (laughs) As I stood in the face of fire, I said, "Well, I think the Tennessee Titans are in the same boat as Houston, and if they're going to move forward, Anthony Richardson, like he's just moving forward with C.J. Stroud, I'm rolling with C.J. Stroud over Anthony Richardson. So therefore, I'm rolling with the Texans over the Indianapolis Colts. I looked at the Tennessee Titans, I said to myself." I just don't see it happening with Ryan Tannehill. And if Ryan Tannehill isn't your quarterback, that leaves you with either Will Levis or Malik Willis. And I believe that we're finally going to see uh, Will Levis soon. So, again, not putting a lot of faith in it. I also believe that Tennessee is going to move on from Derrick Henry. I also look at that team. They eventually, they're going to have to blow it up. This is the last year that they can hold on to a lot of those pieces. So, we talk about Denver a lot at the end of the year. I'm looking forward to the AFC South. Mate, Tennessee Titans, letting go a lot of players. I'm looking at Jacks, and I said they got to prove it to me again. They had a lot of things go their way this year that may not go – went their way last year that may not go their way this year. But for Houston, they have an opportunity to make a playoff push, whether by winning the division or, did you guys know, they are a half a game out of – seventh place, which put them at their last wild card spot. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. We talked about how Houston can get better. If they get better, Cody, you mentioned on the defensive side of the ball, getting after the quarterback consistently, getting those sacks on the Mm -hmm. offensive side of the ball, being more consistent, offensively with play calling and being able to sustain drives and being able to keep those, you know, picking up third downs. If they do that with their schedule, I believe they have a shot to make, the playoffs, and mm. <laughs> why not take it to the playoffs? Because and I've seen a lot of people. Why make the playoff? Why 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 go to the playoffs? It's still a rebuilding year. Y'all do know that y'all pick is not for y'all this year, and that pick goes to Arizona. So you make the playoffs, the fan base is happy, the players are happy. Nick Casario is happy because he's keeping his job. <laughs> <Nico> <laughs> Ryan's is happy because in his coach, first of year, coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. They went to not hot, to, to flopping, to hot, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, a quick turnaround. And mm. Arizona doesn't get a top five pick. So mm. that's exactly what I'm looking forward to, guys. I think Houston has a chance, and I want to see it come out.
1: Um, for me, I'm going to keep mine simple as well, and that is just to consistently build on the positivity and the promise that you guys, Bill John, I would have never imagined six games into the season we're sitting here talking about the possibility of the Houston Texans making the playoffs. And look, let me just say this in terms of the positivity. You and I, we started covering this team in 2019, but, you know, we was trying to... get establish ourselves and stuff but we really started to get into the grooves in 2020 ever since you and i have been covering this team um and i'm talking about covering this team on the beat being around nrg stadium you know being on the zoom conferences doing COVID and everything else in between there was never nothing to look forward to and i'm not gonna even gonna lie to you john listeners views i started to get jealous because you looked over at locked on uh they making March Madness tournaments and stuff. And I understand that I've been covering another rebuilding team, but when you look over at Locked On Rockets, at least they got promising young players that's going to turn into something special in the next couple of years, hopefully this year. And then you got Locked On Astros, which, by the way, shout out to the Houston Astros. 18 runs. All, yeah. 18 runs <laughs> in the last two games. The ALCS is tied. First of all.
0: Two, two. Just, and they have a shot. They play better on They've been playing better on the road in the last two games. So they, so got they, can, so they can come, come home, back to three, Houston.
1: 3-2. Two. Two, ladies and Close gentlemen, just enjoy the dynasty that you are witnessing with the Houston Astros. But you look over at Houston Astros, not only are they covering Hall of Fame players, but you know, they're covering a dynasty and one of the most remarkable runs, probably not just in MLB history, but now you gotta start considering, okay, where does this rank up in sports alone? But when you look at the Houston Texans, man, it was just like everything that we talked about was like negative at one point. And you saw it take an impact on the fan base. You saw it take an impact on the coaches. You saw it take an impact on Nick Sirianni when he got here. You saw it take an impact on the players on the field. I'll never forget that game that they lost against the Washington Commanders when they was down like 20 to 3 at halftime or somewhere during the first half. Was and it that the Kyle Allen game? Was that the Yeah, I think it was the Kyle Allen game. I've never seen NRG Stadium that dead in my life. And okay. to see all of the moves that they made and for, oh, you know me, John. I believe in this regime with D'Amico Ryan's. I always believed in CJ and Will, always loved that move. I love the young players that they brought in, not just for this year, but last year. And even more so, when you take a look back at what you got out of Nico Collins. In I believe that was in 2021, the veterans that you brought in. But always believed in them, but I always say what? Give them time to, de- to develop. Because when you go back and you take a look at a lot of the preseason um articles that i wrote a lot of the preseason talks that you and i had even on the locked on, locked on texans Wakanda forever edition i said we have to give this to- team time to develop learn and establish themselves i thought without a shadow of a doubt six games in they would have a losing record however that hasn't been the case you look at how well CJ Stroud has been. You look how well this offense has been, and not in and, and the one thing that I loved about not just the offense but the defensive side of the ball as well. They have been able to thrive when you look at the, the adversity mm. that they have to overcome, and that is what on actually gets me yeah, on, right. on both sides. And that is what actually gets me excited the most about this team because I'm like, we already know the adversities, injuries, you know, um, not. Terrible play calling. Why are you favoring this guy over another? other, i.e. Tankdale over Noah Brown, which, by the way, that's going to be real interesting um, in the game next week against the Carolina Panthers. But every single week they was able to make adjustments. Every single week we saw this team get better and better and better. And it's to the point now, the energy, the excitement through with reporters, through fans, through people that's just fans of the NFL alone, like, I've never seen this much positivity and promise surrounding the Houston Texans in a very long time. And to be honest with you, John, that's what I'm looking forward to the most.
0: You know, you said something that I we really, really got to get his coaching staff credit for, and that's adjustments. When you look around mm-hmm. the NFL right now, it may not be quarter to quarter or half to half, like you, you know, maybe want it consistently, which we've seen that here in Houston, but from game to game. You've seen the adjustments, right? And I would say from half to half, I go back to the coach game. That first half compared to that second half, where it just felt like in that second half they was like see, they just go out, go out there, rip it. Mm. And you saw them being able to kind of try to mount a comeback. They fell short, but you saw them be able to put points up on the board in that second half. But then they made the adjustments, and in the following two games, they were able to keep that momentum going around the league. That's an issue for a lot of teams: the inability to. Make adjustments and for those adjustments to be effective. So I just I, I want to give credit where credit is due for D'Amico being able to make adjustments with the injuries as well for Bobby Slowick, Chris Strausser, the offensive line, Like they are able to make they've been able to make those adjustments, and those adjustments have been impactful to Houston being able to sit at three and three six games through through the season. <laughs> This is my opportunity to tell you guys about my favorite app that I'm using right now, and that is Prospects, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick the more or less on two to six players stat projections and watch the winnings Roll in the super easy guys. So right now they got the NBA season, and they're even giving you right now with Steph Curry. Will Steph Curry make over half a point? You could take the less than or more than, and I'm hoping you take the more than on that. If you want to stick to the NFL, Jared Goff versus the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday, will he throw for more than 246 and a half yards against that defense or less than? Super simple, super easy, and they also have the power of play where you can win 25 times your money this season. So listen, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or head to the app, download it on your phone. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. dollars Welcome back in Locked on Texans listeners and viewers out there. I got killed this week by saying Houston should trade for a running back, but the real question no, is. not just a running back. Uh, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. And, I also, and people overlooked when I said one of the running backs from Denver. Did I not say that? Yeah, you said, it said one of the one Thank running, you. running backs from Denver. Thank you. And, and uh, <laughs> that leads me to my point when we look at how aggressive uh, Nick Casario should be heading into the trade deadline. Of course, if it makes sense financially, that's the only. And he's already said it. Mm-hmm. And when I look at this team, I think it does come down to what happens after that Carolina game. I think the Carolina game is pretty big for Houston because that will determine whether or not they can continue to keep up in the race to either win the division or make their mm-hmm. seventh wild card spot. And I think for Houston, there are areas on this team that they can improve on. Going to get Myjay Sanders this week, I think eventually pay out. <clears throat> for a defensive line that can have that additional depth. I would like to see Houston look at the D tackle market, see what's out there that they can use to improve on. I'm sorry, guys. But I I think Nick Casario should be aggressive if this team has a real shot. And I can't come out and say I'm looking forward to Houston making the playoffs and not acknowledge that they have a real shot and they need to improve. Um, Contractually, I will look at guys that are either on the cheaper side of their deals or rookie contracts. So when I look at those two running backs up in Denver, I believe both of them are on rookie deals right now. And I think of late round picking, Nick cerio has shown since he's gotten to Houston that <clears throat> excuse me, that he, those late round picks don't mean as much to him. Hmm. And here's another thing about that. I make this, I make this argument with my friend the other day, yesterday actually. For Houston to be aggressive, it works in their favor because we saw the New York Giants go on a building year. They made the playoffs last year, and and they weren't expected to. They made the playoffs, and a lot of people were saying, okay, that's a good year to build off of. And I think this is the same thing for Houston. The difference is Houston doesn't immediately have to pay Daniel Jones a a ton of money. Houston doesn't immediately have to franchise tag – Saquon Barkley or pay Dexter Lawrence. They didn't – they won't have to shell out the amount of money the New York Giants did or compared to some of the other teams. Your quarterback will be on a rookie deal for the next three years. Mm -hmm. So moving into next year, you still don't have to worry about shelling out a lot of – a ton of money to one position. You can still spread it out. So I think it makes sense for Houston to go out there and evaluate – who's on the market, who's going to be, you know, what teams are going to be looking to trade certain players and financially, how much will that player not only cost me this year, but moving forward, I think next year won't be a problem. If that team has a player that can come in and impact your roster right away. I mm. think Houston should be aggressive at the trade deadline. And I definitely think the top two positions I look at number one is still running back. Number two is still defensive tackle.
1: Hmm. Oh, that sounds very interesting. John, Um, for me, I said this a couple of days ago and we talked about it and it really sparked my interest when I had an opportunity to ask Nick Asirio about how much the team's success goes into what you guys will or will not do at the trade deadline. Um, and of course, he didn't really give nothing away, but he did say, um, of course, if it makes um, financial sense. and. I 100% agree with that. And John, I'm going to, I'm I'm not going to say he should be too aggressive, but I think he should be <clears throat> aggressive in terms of adding more depth to this team. Um, If I, if there was two positions I'm looking at um one, I was, I would say adding depth to your defensive backfield um safety because Eric Murray, for the first time ever, but we probably ever said this here on this show, Eric Murray, Uh, has had a really good season and being a complimentary piece to that defensive backfield, especially when you look at the injuries early on in the season to Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie, but he's on IR right now. And there's a possibility that he can miss an extended amount of time due to the knee injury that he sustained Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. So, if there's somebody that you can go out there and trade for that you know, the, 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 the that you can fit in your salary cap space and not going to take too much and can add to your depth in the defensive backfield, I say go for it. And then, two, and most importantly, you can never have too many playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. I know you say running back. I would say wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. This wide receiving core has truly blew my mind since games in, especially with the career year. Of Nico Collins that's crazy, however.
0: six games in, he's having his career. <laughs> I
1: know, and and I mean that's two ways you can look at it, but it's true. Oh man, no, Boy. it's true. How
0: many times did I say last year they left about 250 to 300 yards out on the field? So that that, that he's is he's just true. getting his money and getting his yards back with CJ Stroud. Shout and, out to, you. And, Shout and, out and, to Nico. and
1: that's the thing, it's not just CJ, it's him as well, because he worked constantly throughout this offseason to improve his durability and health and you know that was probably the major knock in terms of nico's game on the individual standpoint can he stay healthy knock on wood hopefully he continues but this wide receiving core if there's a guy that you can go out there and add and i'm not talking about jerry judy and look even though i would love davante adams here in the city of houston that's definitely not happening from what i've been told but I, I would just love for them to just add at least one more playmaker to that wide receiving court that you can trust. Because even though Nico Collins has had a good year, Dell has had a good year, Robert Wood has had a good year, and that's somebody I wasn't even high on coming into the season. Um, <clears throat> still waiting for John Mitchell to, you know, come about. And Xavier Hutchinson, I believe we're going to see more of him. However, when you go back to the Atlanta Falcons game, that's one thing I said that still remains true. If nobody steps up as this team's number one wide receiver, this offense is going to struggle. And I think if you just add somebody with that capability, mm. I think this offense is definitely going to be even more dangerous, even more explosive, especially when you have seven back there taking snaps.
0: Really quick, Cody. we got to find out what's going on with Derek Stingley next week. Got to find that out. It's been a while since we talked about the former number three overall pick. And I think when he comes back hopefully healthy and ready, we may see because Shaq Griffin's played some good football. Steven Nelson has, has been has been balling, right? Uh, I think he's tied for number one in the league in interceptions. Um, so you just add that back to the mix, his talent, and how he's, uh, his ability to play cornerback. Man, man. So we got to figure out what's going on with Dex Stingley. But thank you guys yeah. for checking out today's episode. Of the Locked On Texans podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.